The results on our annual reliability survey are in. We tell you who's the best, we tell you who's the worst, and we tell you what goes wrong with cars today. Next on Talking Cars. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Cards with Consumer Reports. I'm John Lincove. I'm Jake Fisher. I'm Anita Lam. And one of the key components of Consumer Reports is our data from our subscribers. And for us here at the Autos, uh, Autos Group, it's our vehicle reliability information. It's, it's what people come to us and, and need to know for the next car purchase, whether it's new or used. And Anita, you're, you're joining us again. It's been a while since we've seen you. And you are the guru of our vehicle data. But reliability is a key component. Can you tell us a little bit about our survey and, and, and let people know, you know how we get the data and, and what it means for us? Sure. Every April, we send an invitation to our subscribers to fill in an online questionnaire asking about problems they experienced in the last 12 months in about 17 trouble areas. So like, in, so like engine and transmission right, and stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. So they range from major areas such as engine and um, transmission replacement to minor in-car electronics or squeaks and rattles and, and all that. And then what do we do with that? We, we gather that in and then you spend every night and weekend um, <laughs> for about two or three months here. Right. So we have a vast amount of data, some of which is for used cars that we built a very uh, extensive reliability history for used cars. But also for new cars, we are able to predict how reliable it's going to be in the coming year. And so based on, on the history of the car or recent history? It's a combination of the recent history of the model itself, of the manufacturer, how reliable it's been, and also using our expert judgment. Like we know a lot about cars, obviously these guys are test cars. You mean like him? Yeah, okay. Jake. <laughs> we'll get to So him. we know that, you know, there's really no brand new model, so to speak of, either it shares a component with some already existing models or some parts in common. Okay. So we are able to predict for every single new model that's out there, whether it's brand new or redesigned or just a continuation of the previous year. So this year, how many uh, data points do we have uh, in, in the survey? How many vehicles? So we receive responses on 640,000 vehicles this year, ranging from models all the way back to 2000 to 2017. So knowing the, the, the base of the survey and what we're looking for, what are some of the problems in modern cars? You know, what are we, what are we seeing? Is it, you know, like the 70s, the engine fell out, my, you know, my transmission's on the ground or something like that. Or You had a lot of problems in the 70s, <laughs> did you? Yeah, it started for the world when I was born, so and it went from there. All right, so we don't see all these mechanical problems anymore, but it's more to do with new technologies. So like, take example, for example, transmission. It's really the new technology as eight speeds, nine speeds, uh, automatic transmission, dual clutch, uh, CVTs are being brought in, they do experience some problems on certain models. So the dual clutch is what type of transmission? So it's like basically like a manual transmission that's automated. So it's just the guts inside are a little bit differently, are done a little differently, but the key is that, as Anita says, it's a new technology. Generally, basic engines, basic transmission technology, this stuff's been around for a very long time, the bugs have been worked out, suspension problems, we're not seeing that. It's anything that's kind of new to the industry 
there always seems to be these growing pains. Well, but so wait, I mean, we said transmissions, they've been around forever, and now we're seeing problems because with now them, so what's... Because now they're changing. Okay. So um, we're not seeing many problems with, you know, five-speed automatics, four-speed automatics, six-speed automatics. We're seeing the problems, like Anita says, eight-speed, nine-speed. We're seeing 10-speed automatic transmissions in the market, continually variable transmissions, uh, and these automated manual-type transmissions. We're talking about with these people who had a serious problem with the way this the transmission is operating went to the dealer yep. and potentially got this fixed. So we are having, so we go through this and we look at these, these reliability reports and we have not just the ticks, you know, check, 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 but we also have this rich text, you know, where the people actually write to us, they tell us what their problem was. Mm -hmm. And we, the reports, uh, you know better than I do, but it's like, you know, they're, Actually, some of them having the transmissions replaced, having new transmission computers uh, installed, having them reprogrammed, sometimes getting some, some satisfaction, sometimes not. So, so what about infotainment systems? I mean, we're seeing them proliferate through the industry from the, the most you know, economical vehicles all the way up to luxury vehicles. But they seem to control so much of what goes on in the vehicle. What problems are we seeing? That's right. So now we have in-car electronics that make use of a big touch screen or a smaller one that controls your audio, your navigation, your music streaming, and your phone pairing, and lots of other functions, sometimes right, right. even climate system and all that. Mm -hmm. And what happened is most often where the screen would blank out, the screen would freeze. So you would not be able to get to any of the functions. So basically, you're driving a car, and particularly climate. I mean, it's one thing; it's an inconvenience to not have the radio, right. you know, or even your phone. It's another thing if you can't adjust the temperature or what have you in yeah. the car, or use a map because you're in the middle of a trip. Yeah. What it sounds like a lot of it is that new technologies from transmissions, new technologies with infotainment. We're all beta testing cars. Is that the truth? Well, I mean, anytime there's a new technology that's on the market, and you want to be the first ones to go get that technology, yeah, you are kind of an extended beta level tester because not all the bugs have been worked out of those technologies. Um, those two issues, though, what's interesting about if you look at infotainment and you look at transmissions, um, yes, they're new technologies. Yes, we're seeing a wrath of, of problems with them, but they're very different in the way we weight them in terms of determining what cars are, are reliable. A serious transmission problem is obviously much more severe than um, I can't get to my music library or something uh, like that. I mean, so, so, well, it depends on, gosh. But, and obviously, can't use yeah, my phone, oh my gosh. Obviously not, you know, getting to your climate is probably yeah, yeah. Uh, more severe, but sure. still a transmission problem is more severe. The ones you gotta be scared about is when a new model comes out and everything's new. Because mm. it's very hard to get all that new stuff right at the same time. But some of the smart manufacturers are doing this. They're coming out with a new model, and they introduced that engine two years ago in this vehicle, and they introduced the infotainment system a year ago in some other vehicle. It's a carryover transmission from the previous generation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing how we build it, knowing how we get our information, you know, these and, and mid you know, mid mid run uh, issues. What kind of news do we have from the survey? Uh, you know. One of the big things I mean, people are going to ask is, who's number one? You know, who's at the top? And it's no surprise. It's Toyota for now the fifth straight year. And you know, why, why is Toyota and Lexus always up top? Well, they're able to build very reliable cars because they are being conservative, I think. So they never really do a complete new design on a vehicle. They always carry some components while introducing other new parts. And also, Toyota and Lexus have a lot of models that are in common. The Lexus models are mostly more luxurious versions of the Toyota. 
but they never redesigned at the same time. Like the uh, Ford Expedition and Lincoln Navigator, they're going to be both redesigned for 2018. Okay. So you kind of learn by launching one model, you learn learn some lessons or whatever, work out some bugs, and then the, the other one would benefit from it. I mean, they've carried the, the 3.5 liter V6 and six-speed combination right. for so many years. Yeah. Like your, your you know your point. So there were some some big surprises with this. First one being or big surprises in our survey. First one being Chrysler, Chrysler Pacifica. Performed pretty well for a first year model, right? Right, yeah. Pacifica was really a brand new minivan that Chrysler has uh, that under its own design. It not only tests well, but it managed to get average reliability in our survey, which is quite good for Chrysler. Well, and as, as, a, as a brand new design, it, it wasn't something that was carryover from Mercedes or. Right, right. I mean, many new Chry Chrysler products, um, you know, they're really inheriting a lot of parts from Mercedes Benz and from Fiat, which have kind of hit or miss in terms of reliability from those brands. So this is kind of a very important product for Chrysler because they're kind of left to their own devices to actually build their own vehicle. They were trusted enough. And and wow, I think they did a really good job. We already said so when we tested it. The thing was, it, it's a very competitive model to, to its peers. It's great with a hybrid, with the mileage. It's it's fantastic mileage. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, this is actually uh, bodes well for the future of Chrysler. So. Looking at Chrysler, I mean, Pacifica up, you know, that's, that's a lot of positivity. Going almost the opposite direction is, is accurate, which really fell this year, uh, fell a number of spots in our, in our survey. But why, why are they falling apart, particularly when Honda it did fairly well in the, in the middle of, the, uh, of, the, uh, of our brand ratings? So the MDX in uh, 2016 had the new nine-speed automatic transmission, which did not do well when it was introduced on the TLX. Okay, so that's the sedan so that, and the SUV is the MDX, yes, right? Yeah, and which also a new infotainment system. That both of those gives it kind of lowest reliability. Almost like the double whammy we talked about mm -hmm. before. New transmission, yep. hmm, new infotainment, new infotainment system. system. Anything else about Acura, or is it just you know? Are they because they're such a small brand, they're hurt by a couple big, right, exactly. big you know, big vehicles dropping. Right. So they have a small range of products, and when one or two of them didn't go well, then it kind of hurts the average score. There's another manufacturer that kind of went on to what, what Jake was saying, uh, suffering from the whole everything new, and you know, here it is, go out and buy it, and that's Mazda. This Mazda really dropped, and they put in new powertrain, or partially new powertrain in, so, this, in their CX-9. So uh, I would put Mazda like this. Mazda has been kind of soldiering on as very reliable vehicles because, as Anita says, it's kind of a conservative approach, right? Well, everyone else is putting in turbocharged engines to try to get more power and more fuel efficiency. They're kind of sticking with, you know, very traditional powertrains, traditional transmissions, traditional yeah. engines, and they're able to get fuel efficiency and reliability, and then suddenly the CX-9 rolls in, and suddenly you expect a V6 and a big three-row SUV. Well, they went another direction. They did a, a small displacement, turbocharged four-cylinder engine that tries to get the power and the fuel efficiency um, of a V6, and lo and behold, we're seeing some problems. So it's a big redesign, a new technology that they haven't been using in the past, and it looks like they fumbled a bit on that. So what were some of the problems that our subscribers were telling us about? So some of the problems that the CX-9 had was, again, the infotainment, of which I think the master is not the most intuitive infotainment system. 
to use. So when it's failing, it's, it's even more problematic right, for people. Right, right. So it's also some of the power equipment and, and the other. But the other surprise from Master was the Miata. So the, traditionally, the Miata has been very reliable. But it has some problems with the manual transmission oh. and the convertible top. Interesting. So, I mean, Mazda's pretty much always had pretty good manual transmissions. You know, they've been they've been ranked right. up there. Um, they redesigned that manual on that and the Miata. Um, not sure why they did that yeah. because it was a pretty good one to be beforehand. But um, there's there's some issues with it, which is disappointing because that was you know kind of the poster child of the liability. Yeah, and a small manufacturer, so they, again hurt you know a sure. lot by a couple couple of models. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we talked about surprises, you know, both good and bad, but in the top, Toyota and Lexus. But we also have to have a bottom. You know, all surveys you have a best and a worst, and the worst of the survey is two domestic manufacturers. Tell us about So the worst is actually Cadillac. This year Cadillac did not do well at all. All its models were below average. So the Escalade has long been since its introduction has had problems with its transmission, with the torque converter and the drive system. And that's kind of similar findings we, we saw with the Chevrolet and the right, GMC right. big trucks and big SUVs yeah, as well, which yeah. all share components. Yes, exactly. It's pretty disappointing with Cadillac because they just keep on coming with these cars that drive so nice and mm -hmm. they're really very competitive, but without the reliability there, they're really struggling. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is so while Cadillac is the least reliable brand, if you look at the least reliable models of any of the models, they're new models in terms of predictions based on the, the previous uh, data that we have. They're both SUVs. They're both luxury, luxury vehicles. They're both very complicated. Um, you know, and one is... Looking over your shoulder. Oh, yeah, that's one of them. Well, one is the Cadillac Escalade, right. which is no surprise, but the other one is, yeah, the Tesla Model X. Speak on to the complexity. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of Talking Cars viewers probably know what we've experienced with our Model X and you know what we, what we well, talked about. Well, I'll tell you what something are, what that we experienced with our Model X is it hasn't broken. We actually haven't had problems <laughs> with our Tesla Model X. That's not how we do uh, reliability. Right. We, we're looking at, at, at the, uh, the data that comes in. And what the owners are having problems with is, again, the needless complexity of this vehicle. The falcon wing doors, the, the rear hatch, the, the, the seat mechanisms, the, there's even glass areas with a huge glass uh, um, windshield mm -hmm. in the front. Um, a lot of like different components, mm -hmm. uh, body hardware we've right. seen some issues with. So, and it's such a shame because the other side of the table for the Tesla Model S, we're see, we've seen improvement. So while it was average last year, for the first time ever, it's actually above average okay. this year. So they're getting the core design of this platform right, but all those gizmos that they threw on top of the Model X is really... Well, long running, you know, and you say they work out the problems, they work out the bugs, you know, as, as a vehicle evolves along its life. Right. And the S is finally really Well, the S really is above, risen. above average, but it, but it was average before. Yep. So, I mean, the core, and we see this with electric vehicles. I mean, there's no reason why electric vehicles should have reliability problems because they're so, so simple, right? No. No transmission, no uh, you know gears, um, no you know the cooling system. All that stuff is much much more simpler. So what does this bode, or how does this bode for Tesla with the upcoming Model Three? Because that's that's huge. I mean they've they've almost hand built and they have small, relatively small numbers. This is going to be their car for the people. Well, the Model Three is going to share the components, the drivetrains from the uh, Model S. 
So we are going to predict it to be at least average, based on it also doesn't have the complexity of the hardware like the Model X. So basically we're using, like you talked about before, you're going to use the reliability of the, of the S and the X to give the Model 3 a prediction for going forward. Right, exactly. And, and, and clearly the Model 3, I mean, there's, there's differences with the Model S, but we are definitely looking at it, and there's a lot more in common with the S than the X. And particularly, the problems we're seeing with the X, we don't anticipate you're going to have those issues with the Model 3. Yeah, no, no big wing doors and right. stuff like that. Right. I mean, it's, it seems that they're consciously trying to make this Model 3 more simple. And that should bode well. I mean, clearly there's going to be growing pains, and they're figuring them right now. I'm not going to make any predictions in terms of whether or not they're going to make uh, the numbers that they promised. That's a whole different story. I'm not even making yeah. a prediction of when we're going to get our own car. But um, as they increase the production, you know, what they've learned in the Model S should transfer, and hopefully what they've learned in the Model X does not transfer. So if people are looking for more information on vehicle reliability, they should go to consumerreports.org. In addition, we really want to hear about your experiences with the reliability of your vehicles. So go to consumerreports.org slash talkingcars and send us a video, 60 seconds or less, and give us your story on how your car's been performing. As always, thanks for watching and see you next time.